few few things jerry mm. i think we are in an excite we are an exciting company in an exciting industry literally mm. one of the fastest growing industry in the world uh and i would say we are one of the uh, you know great companies to bet on in this industry mm. uh second diversity you know we have mm. people from 65 70 nationalities working mm. in 40 countries uh, and we are a fully remote and mm. distributed team so people can make their choice of working from anywhere third i would say we have a great culture uh mm. people who are you know we like people who are super overachievers have an extreme need to achieve something in life mm. uh great achievers but get very very humble uh, mm. uh and and we you, you know people who believe in trust transparency and operating with full autonomy that's a great place for them to work welcome to the scale up bi-weekly video series hi there i'm jerry hu your host for the show i'm a people enthusiast when it comes to scaling startups from san francisco to beijing tokyo london to singapore join me as i interview senior hr leaders founders and venture capitalists at alibaba tiktok amazon netflix google openai sequoia capital and many more from around the globe. We'll be diving deep into topics surrounding talent strategies, the future of work, and the remarkable stories that have led them to the pinnacle of success. My guest this week is Sargar Khatri, co-founder and CEO of Multiplier, a leading global workforce management platform that makes it easy for companies to employ teams internationally. Recently featured in Forbes 30 under 30 list, Sargar's journey has been nothing short of extraordinary. Emerging from humble beginnings in India, he has consistently pursued a singular mission in life to create something impactful and meaningful to make the world a better place for everyone. Graduated from the top engineering university in India, Indian Institute of Technology, Sargar began his career at the prestigious investment bank Nomura, where he provided counsel to numerous companies across the Asia Pacific region. A fortunate encounter with the Sequoia Capital investor marked the beginning of his entrepreneurial journey, initially with Amlet, before embarking on his own adventure. Sargar's motivation for founding Multiplier stemmed from his personal experiences with the challenges and complexities of international expansion he experienced firsthand at Amlet. He sought to alleviate the very pains he had once endured. ultimately making business expansion across borders significantly more accessible. In this interview, we dive deep into Sargar's inspiring personal journey and uncover the secret ingredients of his success. Sargar generously shares his invaluable insights on scaling a business along with the unique people and cultural practices he has pioneered and implemented within his company. Finally, he imparts insightful tips for fellow founders on navigating the current uncertain climate, striking a balance between taking risks and making bets. What do you think are your like the the, the very unique yeah talent about yourself? Yeah, no, I I actually uh, that's a very interesting topic to talk about, Jerry. Actually. you know uh, a little bit of family history will help you to understand yeah uh, how people are shaped in a particular manner like i have a big mm-hmm. history buff i i love reading about chinese history indian history mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth so you know 
uh, I come from the North India part of, I mean, and mm. my grandfather is from the, uh, the Pakistan side of things. They had yeah. partitions and they moved overnight to India, leaving everything behind. Mm. And, you know, if you grew up in a family where, and they are basically refugees in India, right? During that partition, mm. everybody had to move from the other side and there was a lot of violence and so on and so forth. And they had to build their life from scratch. So if you grew up in a family where everybody has built everything from scratch uh, and nothing is handed to you in a silver spoon, you your personality becomes that you are going to struggle and you're going to make mm. name for yourself and you're going to fight hard and you're going to mm. uh, you know, make a world better mm. place for everyone, right? So, so that's how uh, uh, that spirit came about. I think, you know, uh, both, I would say both me and my brother, naturally we've always mm. loved mathematics we've always been great with mm. numbers mm. Uh, and i think maybe that that is you know just thankful to your parents for the way you uh, turned out to be dna uh, <laughs> dna but i think as far as nomura is concerned you uh, you know if you if, i mean if you're good at math and you're willing to put the efforts required to do i, I don't think it's that difficult Jerry, to be honest The, one of the favorite questions I always ask, so if you were to reflect back, what, what what would be your biggest regret? You did something wrong or you failed in the scale side, the scaling side, when, when the companies, whether, you know, I mean, you literally build up, right, from zero to one, whether it's zero to one, one to 100, 100 to 1,000, all those phases, what is your biggest regret? I think the the... I mean, still scaling phase. I think maybe you talk to me in two, three years. I'll be better. Be I'll be able to answer that question much better. But today, I think as a first-time founder, you're mm. almost paranoid. You're always thinking, "Hey, what happens next quarter? Hey, what happens mm. quarter after that?" Or sometimes, you know, even not next month, but what happens next week? Are you gonna get mm. customers next week? Are you gonna? Uh, are you going to be able to hire the next oh you hired a great head of sales now can you hire a great head of partnerships because mm. you have never done this before uh, you al almost always live in a paranoia stressful state right mm. uh, but you know uh, and as a founder you live your life on a day to day basis I mean not even on a week on week or month on basis day to day basis your emotions your uh, happiness fluctuates based yes. on how monthly result has turned out but if you look at a long enough time frame, like it's been two, two and a half years for us. Mm. Have I, have things been okay? Yeah, largely been okay, turned out okay. Uh, have I always been that paranoid? Always. Like, you know, want to see week on week progress, day to day progress. Uh, so, so just, you know, it's sometimes it's better to see in a long enough time frame, realize no things just up, turn, turn out to be okay. What you can do is just work hard and work on input matrices. Output matrices will take care of itself. Uh, so I'm telling you that, but I'm still, you know, <laughs> uh, going to I, don't, I don't think that is a regret though. And then being paranoid, sometimes there's advantages as well. Right, all the founders, everybody I've met are paranoid. <laughs> I mean, because you don't know the company is gonna survive or not, especially you know when you're building literally zero to one. Yeah. But what 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 be your what would be your a uh, mistake? Yeah. So yeah. So, so for example, when things are going good, 
or it could be it doesn't have to be uh like a mistake it could be the lessons that you feel like you know whoever is listening to a podcast whoever is a founder or you know uh you might be going through similar phases they can you know just take a piece of the lesson from you yeah um, yeah no absolutely i think just the, i was raising that point jerry because once you are in a scaling journey and you see things working you should be super fast at it not worrying about what will happen in the future uh so let's say if some things are working out it is very important for you to quickly double triple quadruple on it rather than mm. thinking hey let me wait and see how things work out ah, so uh okay. really moving extreme i mean i i still think we move very fast at multiplier uh mm. but even faster like mm. uh speed is of extreme essence in the world where mm. we operate where things can change overnight it's very important that if something is working out you double mm. triple quadruple on it as soon as possible and i think mm. the other other instance is like really hiring extremely extremely passionate mm. experienced people who have done this before because especially mm. in this part of the world i mean we have my leadership is based in us but i'm based in singapore uh, i i don't think there enough scale saas businesses to learn from uh so quickly yes. but in us there I mean, there's only one place in the world where there are too many great saas businesses that have scaled in silicon valley us you know all parts of us so really getting to those people quickly and rather than you spending your time in that learning journey I and mean, that's one thing that i've always been very particular about let's let's whatever exists in the world let's not learn that again let's quickly hire somebody who have done that before and mm. and move on as fast as possible mm. And, but again, uh, this scaling is also first time for me. I've never built a business before, so a lot of lot of learning myself. You have done a pretty good job. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, yeah. So uh, come to that, right? What do you? What are your unique solutions to these things? Like you know, hey, speed is important, right? Uh, like how do I make it faster? Or like how do I hire better people? Uh, you know, uh, more experience. What are your unique solutions? so for experienced people i have realized there's no no one size fit all you should mm. not be sitting idle you hire somebody see if it works out if it doesn't let mm. them go go and hire the next best person mm. uh taking bets is very very important you know if you hire in countries like us it's very expensive and sometimes you will say hey like yes. what if this person doesn't deliver but uh, you just have to act the cost mm. of not acting is very uh, uh, very high so my co-founder who used to be a recruiter back in his earlier days of life what uh, oh. yeah so he, <laughs> uh, he used to be at conferry okay. robert walter so he quickly hires somebody we quickly hire somebody we realize what is working what is not working if it's not working we move on and then next time we know oh if you are hiring like a head of sales these were the three mm. things that you should have looked out for and we are better prepared for it and we have gone through that journey so many times mm. the sad part is because you are not a american native firm uh mm. some of these scale talent only exist in the us uh so it's kind of like you have to have a base there and that's why now my co-founder sits in new york uh so that you can get access to some of this talent uh mm. on on the other side on the speed side i would say uh now so, sorry to to so your 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 solution to this problem is basically because the best talent is in uh you know in the US for example that you you know uh that you for other founders right that you should register entity there and have your co-founder sit there 
Yeah. No, and yeah. founders don't need to register entity. They can use multiplier to send their questions okay. in the US. Yeah. But having but, having a base in the US is very, very important. And, you know, this time zone problem is a real problem. Uh, so, if, and for us, US is a very, very big market uh, and a very important mm-hmm. market. So, uh, and we are very committed to it. So, it's important that uh, when you start scaling, you figure out mm-hmm. who are these, some of these great talent in product marketing, marketing, brand marketing, sales mm. partnerships and get access to that talent so that they can quickly bring so you to can i ask right now are you only hiring from your competitors or not necessarily I, yeah. our competitors are also very new companies right i mean yeah exactly uh, are they doing the right things you also question that sometimes yeah uh, uh, so i mean we don't have a very strong lens that we only want to hire from competitors we we like people if we see that attitude or they're going to work hard they're going to do everything that it takes to be successful they're going to treat this firm as their own firm and they'll be uh, super invested in building this out as much as i do and i always look out for people who will spend every dollar as if i'm spending that dollar uh, so that mm, level good. of cost discipline is very important mm. as well uh, so not we we are not i wouldn't say we look for logos as much uh, as as others might Uh, what do you th- uh, think are the the unique? I don't know whether it's a people and culture and organizational things that you have implemented. Yeah, I, I would say we are still in a very early journey of uh, having deep systems and processes. But I would say culture-wise, we have always been very clear from day one that the culture that we want to create at Multiplier is of three T's: trust, transparency, and thoroughness. Which is we like to have people who we can trust blindly to do their job, so that there is no update check-in required or there is no micromanagement required. For example, if I, I'm hiring a head of sales, I should know that they have done this before and they can teach me rather than I can teach them anything because literally I can't teach them anything. I've never done B2B sales before. Uh, and transparency is, you know, we in our firm, everybody knows everything. Uh, there shouldn't be a feeling of, hey, am I being excluded? No, it's every, uh, people know about where our revenues are, people know about what we're mm-hmm. doing good, people know about what I am doing good, what they are doing good, what they are failing at, everything transparent. And thoroughness mm-hmm. is essentially, uh, if somebody says they are going to do it, they see it end to end. They're passing the ball attitude at 99% doesn't work at multiplier, right? And similarly, a few more attributes that we look for in our people are also like, uh, you know, what we call truth-seeking. Uh, can they ask tough questions? They don't. Need, they shouldn't be people pleasers in a very very polite manner. Can they say things as if people shouldn't speak too much English? We love the language of finance where people talk very very clearly. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, uh, fluff. There's no English. Mm-hmm. Few few things, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I think we are in an exciting. We are an exciting company in an exciting industry. Literally, mm-hmm. one of the fastest growing industry in the world, uh, and I would say we are one of the uh, you know great companies to bet on in this industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, diversity. You know, we have mm-hmm. people from sixty-five, seventy nationalities working mm-hmm. in forty countries. Uh, and we are a fully remote and distributed team, so people can make their choice of working from anywhere. Third, I would say we have a great culture. Uh, mm-hmm. People who are, you know, we like people who are super overachievers, have an extreme need to achieve something in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, great achievers, but get very, very humble. 
uh, uh, and and you you know people who believe in trust, transparency, and operating with full autonomy. That's a great place for them to work. So here are the key takeaways for me. A good founder prioritizes taking calculated risks while ensuring a sound balance sheet. I prefer to call it glow mode rather than remote because global expansion is an inevitable step for companies seeking to scale. The only way you can keep retaining top talents is to create an environment where they can win with their best ideas, not hierarchies.